You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. It's such a joy, isn't it, just uh, to come together and worship the name of Jesus. Such a privilege. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 onwards. Mark 1, like the rest of the uh, other synoptics, gives us a picture in one day in the life of Jesus. It gives us an insight what King Jesus got on with his daily routine. And so today I want to do three things. I want to look at Jesus the model. I want to look at his mandate. And then I want to look at what does it mean to live as, uh, to live as ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the here and now. More than ever, more than ever, we need a strong church of kingdom men and women sold out to Jesus whose purpose is to build His kingdom. We spend thousands and thousands of dollars of asking this question, who am I, what am I and where I'm going? I'm going to resolve it for you today for free. And if you want to pay me, buy me a coffee. I want to say it now in case you fall asleep. Your job, your education, who you marry is all secondary to seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, there's so much emphasis on what's your purpose and, and what are you doing and what are you doing with your life. It's simple that I may know Jesus and make Him known and extend His kingdom. My money, my money is secondary, helps me to be who God's asked me to be, my education. It doesn't matter what your education is or your qualifications or who you marry. As long as you are submitted to the call of God, that is your purpose. Your identity is to be a son or daughter of God and to be His ambassador here on earth. That's it. Solved. If you can just resolve that one, you've settled it, settle it. Help me with my English, Jesus. Mark 1, 14. Now, after Jesus was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, the gospel of the kingdom. There's only one gospel. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. We call this in theological terms, the inbreaking of God's kingdom. That Jesus came in human form to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. I love these people because I love fishing. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who are you following? Who are you following? It says, in Joshua, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose today who you will serve. Choose. Mammon, money, sex, fame, ambition, or will you serve Jesus with all of your heart? And immediately they left their nets, and immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. (laughs) Obedience. And going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father immediately. Living in the kingdom of God demands obedience. It's not pretty, fluffy church attendance. It's here I am, Lord. 
21, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, astonished. And he taught them as one who had authority. Jesus came with the authority of the Father to preach the gospel of the kingdom and then to demonstrate what the authority of the heavenly is here on earth. And not as the scribes, very subtle, not as the law. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He was demon-possessed, ladies and gentlemen. And he cried out, what have, you do, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Interesting that demons know Jesus. Interesting that the demonic knows with what authority you and I operate on. There's a lot of talk about authority, ladies and gentlemen. I wanna say, you come with the authority of Jesus, they will, they will run away. You come with your authority, they'll go, yeah, whatever. True story. I know who you are, O Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, shut up. That's for your benefit if you were falling asleep. And come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were amazed so that they questioned themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits to obey him. And at once his fame spread anywhere throughout the surrounding regions of Galilee. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew. There's no rest for Jesus. With Jesus and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And immediately they told him about it. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. No time for niceties. Come up. That's the authority of Jesus. We sang it this morning. There's power in the name of Jesus. Not in Paul Zonato, not in Matt Doty, not in NCMI, not in whatever, in the name of Jesus. People are desperate for the name of Jesus. These two beautiful people who gave their life to Jesus, they gave their life to Jesus. And he healed many, verse 34, and he healed many who were sick with various disease and cast out many demons, verse 34. 35, and raising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. He never rests Jesus. He's always on the go. And he's the same Jesus present today, committed today. He hasn't gone to sleep. He hasn't left us. He's present today to set you free, to bring salvation, to bring healing into your life. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next town that I may preach there also. For this reason, I was sent. And we read in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The first thing I want to say to us this morning is this. The central message of Jesus was to preach and demonstrate the kingdom of God. He did not preach against politics. He did not preach against religious rulership of this earth, but he heralded in the breaking of the kingdom of God on earth. He preached it and it demanded a response. See, we say every time we preach, it demands a response. I believe when he preaches through us, it demands a response. I'm so, so, so aware that we live humbly before God. 
and that we do not strip one millisecond from His glory. I understand this theology that we are in Christ. John 15, he's, that we are, we are, we're knitted in with Him. But I want to say a word of caution to us this morning. It's His authority. It's His imputed authority. We talk about imputed righteousness, that He makes us righteous at the cross. I want to say it's His imputed authority. It's His delegated authority to us. I was having a good conversation with my son Josiah about inherit authority and delegated authority. And Joey's got such a better brain and understanding than I do. And he said these words, Dad, I really think there's only one person with inherent total authority, and his name is Jesus. All other authority is delegated. He gives it to us. It's his authority. Let's not abuse it. Let's not even claim it when it's not his. Can I say that? And Jesus went around proclaiming the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. Eldon Ladd, great book on the gospel of the kingdom. It was our bread and butter at Bible college called the gospel of the kingdom. It says this, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. He says that the kingdom of God is found in Christ's reign. It's more than a location. It's in the person, the message and the mandate of Jesus. And that is for all believing Christians. The church is the instrument of the kingdom. Whenever we come together, we want to proclaim the good news and demonstrate the kingdom of God, the authority of Jesus, the rule and reign of God. His authority is alive and well today. Now, there are theologians who say, oh no, the gifts of the Spirit are all finished, it's all done. I want to say to this, Jesus is alive and well today and He loves you and I. He's never stopped caring for you. He never stopped wanting healing and salvation and set the captives free from demonic spirits. I want to say this, if you're a born again, spirit-filled Christian who's come to the cross of Jesus like our friends this morning, you surrounded your life to Jesus, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he will not prostitute the anointing and the glory of the Lord with a demonic spirit. So I don't believe that a born again Christian can be demon possessed. But I do, I believe that, that we come under demonic oppression. You bet I do. That, do you think for one moment that this morning, when he knew I was going to preach on this and we worship this morning, he's going to go, yes, I'm going to leave Melbourne lights alone. No, he doesn't. There's nothing that provokes the demonic activity more than preaching and demonstrating as we already have the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. Because there is no demilitarized zone, kingdom of Jesus, kingdom of darkness. And Jesus made it very clear. I'm not here to attack Rome. I'm not even here to attack the religious people of the day. I'm here to show you that we are citizens of heaven here on earth. Our ethics is different. Our language is different. Now, the last time I checked, I looked like most men. Is that right? A little bit taller, a bit skinny. Stretch out a little bit like a spaghetti. I live in a great home. I have a beautiful wife, two incredible sons. And by and large, I live like most people. But if that's all that I am, I've failed. I've failed, I've failed. Although I look like everybody else, I'm called to be different. 
I'm called to bring the rule and reign of God into a broken world. To demonstrate in my humanity, even in my brokenness, something of the glory of Jesus and I transform my environment. Jesus changed His environment, not by attacking the politics, by demonstrating a better way. A better way. You are called to live a better way. He demonstrated, and then he says in Matthew 6.33, seek first. It's the priority of every born again, spirit-filled son and daughter of Jesus to seek Him, to know Him. Paul says, I want to know Christ. I don't like the other bit and to share in His suffering. That I don't like. But we are called to do that. Even in our suffering. Even in our suffering. When we go through hard times, I want to know Jesus. In fact, the prayer sometimes is, help me to know you because I feel weak. Where are you, Jesus? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Monica and I, the Lord gave us a little motto this year, and I'm going to share it with you. And here it is. Our vision for 2022. Look up, press in, and have fun. Look up to Jesus, embrace His presence, and let's enjoy what He calls us to do. Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God. And when He did, it demanded a response. Every time people got saved, He preached and He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance is such a wonderful word. Beautiful. It means I was going to hell, burning, whatever your, your, your view of hell is. We won't preach on it this morning. Either for eternity or just burn off or whatever. Okay. And now I'm going to heaven forever to be with Jesus. It means turning around. That's why sometimes as an eldership, we nudge people to say, what you're doing is wrong. Stop it. Because you're going that direction and we don't want that. We want you to come back here. We don't like correcting people. I'm sure my, that Matt doesn't like it, but we do it because we so love you that we don't want you to perish. Because in, John, in Luke 19.10, he says, I've come to seek and save those who were lost. We want more people from darkness in there, and that's what Jesus did. When we pray, demons leave. When we pray, people get healed. When we pray, people have an encounter with Jesus. When we're in the presence of God, we take our shoes off. We take our pride off. And we say, no longer I that lives, but Christ in live. Christ that lives in me. He preached, people followed. Multiplication. There's an arithmetic in the kingdom of God. Satan comes to steal and destroy. Divide and subtract. Jesus comes to multiply and add. He multiplies. He's preaching here in Mark and people were added. And they became disciples of Jesus, who, who made disciples of Jesus, who made disciples of Jesus, who made disciples of Jesus. You were never, you've never given your life to, to Jesus just to go to heaven. You've made, you've given your life to Jesus, yes, to be in eternity with Him and to have your sins forgiven, but to live here in the fullness of His authority here on earth. To demonstrate as an ambassador of the kingdom the rule and reign of God. Otherwise, beam me up, Scotty. 
Otherwise, let's just give our life to Jesus and let's go to heaven, baby. But you didn't. He's called you to be a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples of Jesus, who makes disciples of Jesus, who makes disciples of Jesus. That's your purpose. Your job, your nine to five, Monday to Friday, gives you the money that enables you to make disciples of all nations. That's your money. That's your education. We get so stressed. What will I do with my life? Here it is. Love the Lord your God and follow him and serve him. In, in what you're doing right now. In what you're doing right now. You don't have to be on this pulpit to serve Jesus. Be the best in your world Monday to Friday. He preached and his authority was demonstrable. I love the nuance in Mark 1. Demons knew that authority. In fact, demons even know his name. Your Jesus of Nazareth. Isn't that wonderful? May we be people so full of Jesus. We walk in a place and the demons go, oh, bum. I can't. I have to get out of here. I can't stay here. Maybe walk in a room, that sickness goes, oh, my days are numbered. May we walk in a room and salvation is at hand. May we walk and talk, talk to a friend this week whose son was struggling, got freedom. On the other side of your obedience, here I am, Lord. Watch what God will do. When we move aside, God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. I want to say this, the church, not here, the church has been very proud. And he will give revival to a church that says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I want to say this. God's dove, symbol of the Holy Spirit, rests here with us at Melbourne Lights. We're not special. We're not the best church, far from it. But we've made a commitment that we would walk in the fear of the Lord, that we would humble ourselves, that we would take correction from the Holy Spirit, that we would love one another. We're not perfect. We're not a perfect church, especially when the Zonados arrived three years ago. But one thing we're committed, we're going to worship Jesus. As for me and my house, we're going to worship the Lord. Not only Jesus left it, lived it out, but he modelled it to us. I love this. John 5.19. This is our mandate from Jesus. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does in like manner. Can you see what's happening? Jesus has His eyes on the Lord all the time. Look up. He's looking all the time. Oh, the Father is doing that. I'm going to do that. The Father is going to do that. I'm going to do that. The Father is doing that. I'm going to do that. The Father says no to that. I won't do that. won't do that. Jesus was submitted to his father. I only do what I see the father doing. Hence the question, men and women, different spirit, what are we seeing the father doing? And then we get on board. What are you doing this morning? What are you doing this morning? I only do what I see the Father doing. So if you're doing something wrong, it's not from the Father because He wouldn't do it. Just saying. I know from first experience. 
what it means to take my eyes off Jesus and do my thing. I did it my way. <laughs> Jesus kept his eyes constantly on his father. He focused. Not only did he look, but I believe that Jesus lived like this. What's the father saying? What's the father saying? What's the father saying? What's the father saying? What's the father looking at? What's the father doing? What's he saying? What's he saying? What's he saying? Imagine. And that's what it means to seek you first the kingdom of God. That I wake up and every decision that I make, is this your good and perfect will? Before Monica and I, we had a big decision to make. We've made it, signed, sealed and delivered. At the end of the day, we said, Father, what is your good and perfect will about that decision? We submitted it. We shared it with the eldership. Because, you know, we teach this. We make a decision, then we want the elders to bless it. So this time we went the other way around. We asked the elders. True story, Matt? I didn't lie publicly this time. And then the Lord gives peace. Because in the natural, I could have chosen this decision. We could have chosen this decision. It would have made perfect sense. But God said, I put three fleece to to the Lord. He said, no, no, and no. Would you like a fourth one? (laughs) Can I encourage you? Whatever decision you're making, some of you are making decisions this week. Some of you are making some very weighty decisions this week. Really weighty. One has to do with health. One has to do with mental health. One has to do about your marriage. And one has to do about moving. Seek the Lord. Did you hear what I said this morning? Seek Him, mate. Seek Him, my friend. You are in dire straits if you don't. You will make a colossal mistake you don't come to the Lord and ask, get the wisdom of one of these elders. He he saw what the Father was doing. Jesus never got distracted. I love this about COVID. He's got a sense of humour. He never went, oh, Matt, I never saw COVID coming. What shall I do, Matt? Don't you love that? He never gets caught by surprise. You know, he sits on the throne on the praises of, of the people. He's in perfect control. He's in perfect authority. And in spite of COVID, I want to say, haven't we seen the hand of the Lord upon us in this season? A little bit of inconvenience. We're wearing a mask, can't travel much, can't do this. But I want to say, we've seen the hand of the Lord. Are you seeing a land full of giants? Are you seeing grasshoppers? Are you seeing the favour of God? See, God is looking for men and women with a different spirit. You look like everybody else. You live in a house like everybody else, but you have a different heart. And even when the battles come, and let me know, let me, let me tell you, we have battles. All of us have battles. Any of this eldership, leadership, they have their own personal battles. We don't go and say, here's my battle, here's my battle. We say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house. We cry, you bet we cry. We get anxious. You bet we get anxious. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Who conquered the grave. Who when he says to a demon, shut up. They keep quiet. When he says to a sick person, be healed. They're healed. When he says to a sinner, come home. They come home. The same Jesus is in this room today. And in this season of God. The third thing I want to leave with you is that Jesus modelled it. Jesus' mandate was to do what his father was doing. And thirdly, he calls us as his ambassadors. So the role of an ambassador 
or a diplomat is that he's been given delegated authority to represent his country in another country. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5.18, Now all things are of God. All authority, everything is his. Who has reconciled to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. There's another sermon right there. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us a word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. We represent everything about King Jesus here on earth. He did it, we do it. He didn't do it, we don't do it. He says it, we say it. He doesn't say it, we keep quiet. Now, I understand this thing about authority, as I said before. I'm just going on the cautious level. Of course, we have the authority of Jesus. Of course, we have his DNA. But I want to say this. Let's err on the side of humility. Let's err on the side of Jesus. Let's minister from a place of grace. I can't heal anybody. I can't even heal my own toothache and headaches. I, I'm a chronic sinus sufferer. And sometimes Jesus just heals. You don't have to leave now, you know. I've just started. But can Jesus heal through me? You bet. Can Jesus deliver through me? You bet. Can Jesus see people come to Christ? We saw 10 precious souls last Sunday at Mount Gambia come to Jesus. I can't, I can't save a person, but I can be obedient and make myself available. 100%. If you're sick, I'll pray. Yeah. And if you get healed, may he get the glory. Yes. That is theology 101. Yeah. His authority delegated in us, and we operate in unison with Jesus, but he takes the glory. It's his authority. Yeah. Amen? Very good. So there's nothing lost when I say, Jesus would you just declare this, be healed? There's nothing lost. Rather than you say, I'm healing you or whatever. We just say, Jesus, thank you for healing that person. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be set free. In the name of Jesus, I'll have some water. And I'm only joking. I've got my own, David. <laughs> Delegated authority. We are ambassadors of Jesus. We represent him as our father. We represent him well. Speak well of Jesus. Speak well of his signs and wonders. Speak well of the church. Speak well especially of other churches. Please, don't criticize other churches. While I'm here, let's pray for Brian Houston, who said to step down for a year. Easy to criticize. Oh, you should have done this. You should have done. Can we pray? So Jesus, we lift up Brian Houston right now. We stand with our mate and our brother, with Brian and, and Bobby and, and their two sons and daughters and grandchildren. We stand with Hillsong. Thank you for Hillsong Church. Thank you for the kingdom manifest in and through the church. Thank you that we are in a great place at Melbourne Lights because of Brian and his faithfulness. Would you support him? Would you encourage him, Lord God? Would you keep his, 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 his body well, Lord God? Keep him from all, Lord, fear and anxiety. Lord, we lift him up. We love him and we speak God's favor upon him in Jesus' name. 
Thirdly, we are his witnesses, ambassadors. We represent Jesus well. We speak well of the churches. We are his witnesses. And then we carry the message to a lost world. And then we carry what Jesus did. Signs and wonders are for everybody. Amen? Amen. In the parable of the talents, there's one group of talent which gets a very bad rap. And, 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 and rightly so, because Jesus said, you wicked, wicked person. So one person was given one talent, one two and one five. The guys with two and five multiplied really well. But the guy with one went, nah, he's a wicked king, I'm going to bury it. And so he buries it and then Jesus gets really upset. I want you all to lift one finger. That's right, in English, one finger, everybody in the house. That's right, get off your Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I hope it's nothing else, otherwise I'm a prophet and I'll know about it. One talent. In City Slickers, the old movie, the guy said, the secret of life is one. What about if he only had one talent and you could use it as an ambassador of the kingdom of God? What about you didn't have two or three or five? You probably all have a lot more than that. But I'm just saying, what about if you only had one? Don't bury your talent. Don't bury your talent. The kingdom of God is about multiplication. We've been talking about serving. How can I represent my king with my one talent here at Melbourne Lights and in my community? Instead of whinging and complaining about, oh, I've only got one talent, man. How about you use it for the glory of the king? Whatever it is, say, God, finger up, please. Finger up. That finger, that finger. This little finger of mine, I give it my talent to you. I will serve you and I will do it joyfully as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. In my world, I will use that talent to see your glory come. In conclusion, kingdom people, seek him first. Seek him and then his kingdom. Kingdom people, listen and see what he's doing and get on board and get excited. As ambassadors of the king's domain, our purpose is to add and multiply. How can you do it this week? Before I give us the activation, there's a beautiful prayer in Joshua 24. And it goes like this. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Monica, can you stand? Josiah, can you stand? And Samuel, stay standing. This is my house, church. This is my gift from the Lord. I made a declaration. As for me, and my house, I will serve the Lord. Anybody else want to say that this morning? Would you stand with me and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And here's the activations for this week. I think we've got them. We got them, guys, on... No, we don't? That's fine. We will let you have it in the uh, newsletter. Is that what we do? Um, administration is not my gift. Just say. No, no. We will make it 
We'll make it available to the saints of the Lord. <laughs> Activation number one. Please pay attention. What is, what are the talents that King Jesus has bestowed upon me? Ask him. Ask him. The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. This week, as the Holy, ask the Holy Spirit how you can multiply and add to that talent. How can I use my talent? And thirdly, how can you disciple another person to multiply their gift? God is good. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.